All right. Ready to go on? Ready. Okay. Illinois isn't considered the sunshine state. Despite some of our cloudy days, the creation of solar renewable energy is more fruitful and possible than ever. There are dedicated people throughout the state working to bring solar projects to communities and rooftops, and that includes our guest today. Bijure Morrison is the Solar for All program manager at Sunrun. PRN's Robert Hirschfeld sits down to talk with her about her work, what shaped her path, and what the new solar opportunities in Illinois mean for black communities. I am here today with Bijure Morrison, Solar for All program manager. Bijure, thank you for coming on our podcast. Thank you for having me, Robert. I really appreciate your time uh, we and the opportunity. You. Yes. Thank you. We appreciate your time. Okay, Solar for All program manager, you work in Illinois' burgeoning solar industry. Can you explain what it is that you're doing? So right now, I am helping households go solar. Um, we really focus on environmental justice communities and also um, low-income households who would not normally be able to access solar. And what is it that you provide that allows low-income people to access solar in, in ways that they wouldn't be able to otherwise? So my specific program allows for homeowners to go solar at absolutely no cost. So as long as they are income qualified, they are able to get a whole entire system and also all of the energy that is produced from that system at no cost. So it's really amazing. It allows them to reduce their energy costs and burden, um, especially now that energy costs are soaring, it's a phenomenal opportunity to, you know, save money and also help the environment. In your opinion, why should people go solar? Besides the money-saving opportunity, um, like my passion is to help improve our climate and our environment. So like when I sit down with someone, that's kind of like where my focus goes. But what incentivizes people is the fact that they will no longer have a, a burden to pay, you know, an energy bill uh, monthly. Like they still have to pay something, but, you know, a lot of my participants go from paying $200, $250 a month to like $15. So that, you know, monthly incentive is like having a stipend from the government every month for the next 20 years. Yeah, that's really remarkable savings, actually. Um, are people surprised when you tell them that this is possible, especially at no cost? Or do they think that this must be too good to be true? Yeah, the thing about it is it's so remarkable and so unbelievable that most people are like, this is not real, it's a scam. Uh, I've done a lot of work with building uh, trust within the community. And I really rely on our participants who have successfully gone solar and gone through the application process with me. And that's where a lot of our referrals come from. I have a couple participants who have like signed up their whole entire family, like 10 people under him. Um, and I really appreciate those participants who are trusting and take a risk, right? Because they are the first, they're pioneers and revolutionary uh, to me. 
just like you said, this is a burgeoning industry. Not a lot of people are aware of it. Not a lot of people are aware of what solar is and what it can do. And um, once they take it on and they see the benefits, like they sing the praises to their neighbors, to their church members, to their friends and family. Um, and it's really remarkable that the trajectory, like it's a Fibonacci snowball effect, right? As soon as they um, get their power turned on and they can see their first comet bill, and especially in the summertime, like when the sun is up and their their energy um, usage is up and they have their AC running and they have their lights on and they have you know grandkids using their phones and everything and their bills are huge. Um, with the solar, they pay almost half or you know 75% off, which is remarkable. And that's how we get out the word out. What do you think it is that compels someone to kind of take that leap of faith? You say you like you call them pioneers. I mean, what what do you think it is that 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 allows someone to be like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to try it. So it's usually a, a special type of person, right? It's not the person that is closed off. It's an open-minded person that is um, aware of other types of programs that are similar. That's very helpful. Like if they've gone through the Chicago Bungalow Association and they've got energy efficiency programs where they've got their roof improved at no cost. Like those people are more willing to take the risk with this because they know uh, and they have experience with getting something that they need comply, you know, completed by the state of Illinois or the city of Chicago or another non-for-profit. I'd like to ask about your background a little bit. How did you get into this work? What were you doing before that and, and what led you here? Okay, so I um, took the unbeaten path to find photovoltaics. I was uh, working as a college counselor at a South Shore High School where I was uh, supporting our first generation college students with completing college. And uh, one of the things that I found was that the number one and two and three reasons why most students drop out is for financial support. A lot of our students, their parents depended on them to make money, to make ends meet, to pay for electric bills, to pay rent, to help with their, with their siblings. And a lot of my students found working was more beneficial to them than going to college. And so in order to bridge that gap, I was using my resources around the city to find ways for students to earn more money in less time, right? And so one of the ways that I found that was to get our students enrolled in college courses at Olive Harvey and Harold Washington. I was also over the dual enrollment program. And a few of those courses like forklift uh, would allow a student to take a course in two weeks and once they were employed, they were able to make $12, $15 over minimum wage, which to me, um, you know, I don't want the students to graduate from high school and go work at a warehouse. But if you're working in a warehouse, why not make $25 an hour instead of minimum wage, right? And so during that research, 
Um, I was invited to go to a women in trades um, workshop at, I wanna say the electrical union in Bronzeville. They had a workshop that had uh, a lot of different women in trades that were uh, successful in construction and plumbing and everything. And they were talking to me about different pathways to get involved. One of the tables that was set up was uh, Chicago Urban League's training program for photovoltaics. And the teacher um, suggested that I disregard my students <laughs> and take the position myself. And so I was really excited and interested because it was more education for me and I love learning and there was a stipend involved. So I was able to learn a new trade and also get uh, a stipend. And um, it was really remarkable, you know? Um, I had to take it, I had to take advantage of it. You know, I'm a learner at heart and it was an opportunity for me to make a career shift uh, that also empowered uh, black and brown people and improve the environment. Like I am an environmentalist at heart and um, that's how I started. I was looking for opportunities for my college students and high school graduates and the door just opened wide open for me. That's great. Uh, you know, the through line there, which clearly you you recognize is that, you know, you your work was about empowering people. And, you know, you said that that what you're doing now with the solar empowers black and brown people. How is that? Can you talk a little bit about what you mean by that and, and how that comes about? Yeah. So um, CJA, Climate and Equitable Jobs Act or CJA and FIJA, they name it specifically, like that is one of the things that makes me super proud and excited about this program in Illinois is that they name the thing, right? They're not afraid to say it. It's black indigenous people of color. Like that is why this bill is here to make sure that we are not left out of this industry. Um, and so that to me, is one of the reasons that attracted me to it because it's not like affirmative action where it's like tiptoes around it, it spells it out, it says it, and they hold people accountable for it. So it just sets an example to the rest of the nation that you can do this equitably and making sure everyone gets a piece of the pie. Prairie Rivers Network has talked a lot about the Climate and Equitable Jobs Act over the last year. We were we played a role in shaping the law and advocating for its passage. It's a large, complex bill um, with many provisions, but when we're kind of giving the one-line summary to our members, we say that it's a law that puts Illinois on a path to a clean energy future and does this while centering equity and uplifting workers and vulnerable communities. So that's that's kind of like our very simplistic pitch. You have a distinct viewpoint and voice about it, I think, because you're working in it. <laughs> you know, we're a bit removed. So um, can you describe what it is that CJA is doing for the solar industry? It's providing a way to fund, you know, solar is not a cheap, piece of equipment. It's very expensive. And without CJA, only people who have $10,000 just 
hanging around would be able to access it. And so with CJA, not only are people able to learn how photovoltaics works, how solar works, they can create businesses and jobs um, that allow, you know, everyone to access it. It literally is, you know, one of the pieces is solar for all. And it's solar for all, not only for residents and households, but for individuals that are looking for, you know, opportunities for work, for labor, for, and not just like minimum wage jobs, but like it provides an opportunity for individuals to work and provide sustainable means to take care of themselves and their family. You described Solar for All as being a piece of the overall puzzle. What is Solar for All's function within that larger context? So specifically my piece, I work to make sure everyone has access to solar energy, right? Um, and so that's where Solar for All comes into play in my world. Um, namely, that's that's the work that I do, right? But in order for me to even be here, I had to take training, right? And the training had to have incentives and it had to like give me a reason to leave my comfortable, sustainable job as a college educator or a college counselor and an educator in Chicago um, to look at this industry in a way that will provide for our future, right? It's not just um, throwing money at a problem. It's actually providing a way like step-by-step -step, to make sure everyone, solar for all, has access to the solar industry. What lessons from your life as a counselor and educator do you take into this work? Literally all of it, Robert, um, from the pushback of parents not necessarily wanting their children to step into the world of college because they are completely unaware of it. They're, you know, most parents want to be able to support their kids, right? And college is a place that they might not be aware of. And so it's scary and it's new. And it's like, why are we doing this? I don't understand why this investment would improve my life. It's the same thing with solar. People are asking me like, why am I doing this? What is this gonna do for me? I'm gonna be in this house for five more years, who cares? Or I'm gonna be dead in five years, who cares? Like, it's the same thing I have to, basically sell, like I was selling uh, college to parents and to kids. It's the same thing with solar. I have to sell and provide information as to why this is important, why we need to take on this challenge, this risk, you know, and, and incentivize them with, uh, luckily we have the incentive to save a ton of money that helps, right? But with college, you have to come out of your pocket and say, you know, I'm going to put down $200 a month that I don't have so that my kid can go be in an atmosphere that may or may not support them. I'm not going to do that. Same thing with solar, right? Even though we're asking for no cost, like you have to come out of your pocket 
Absolutely no, you don't. It's the same pushback. It's the same like, you know, this is a scam. People think college is a scam too. Like, especially nowadays where people graduate and make $24,000. Like I could do that right out of high school working at, you know, a local market or a local store. So it's the same. And I definitely learned how to, you know, inform people about the, the benefits without offending them and without, um, I don't want to say offending, but like it's, it's educating, right? It's the missing piece, right? You have to be aware of what it is in order to take advantage of it. Yeah. And I'm not like, not letting you just tell me no, right? <laughs> I need you to understand what you're passing up. And the same way with the passion that I had with making sure our students went to college is the same passion that I have with people going solar. Like you are not gonna let this opportunity pass you by because you don't know what it is. Would you say that's the biggest form of resistance you encounter? Um, and are there other reasons that people are, are hesitant to kind of take that leap? Oh, people don't want to take the leap because of all the scams that we've had in Illinois with third-party energy providers. Uh, a lot of times, the people that I work with don't even know they have a third party and they're paying somebody else for their energy. And um, that's one of the biggest pushbacks is like, I'm not giving you the information that you need because I'm afraid that you're going to take it and abuse me, right? Uh, misuse me. Solar for All has a lot of consumer uh, protections built in that, you know, it's not perfect, right? And sometimes those consumer protections bring up red alerts and red alarms instead of easing um, the minds of people. Uh, that's one of the biggest hurdles that I have is just that building trust because the state has allowed for approved vendors or approved companies to come in and take money from people who don't have it. And so even though it's no cost, most people are just like, okay, when is the money? When are you going to ask me for it? Is it going to be in year five? Is it going to be in year 10? And oftentimes people sign the contract, they get their solar system, and they still don't believe that it's real. That's the biggest concern that I have. Not concern, but that's the biggest hurdle that we have to, to face is that, you know, Illinois is known for being corrupt. Right. So the better something sounds, the more alarms go off. And of course, nothing is free. So I can understand why people are skeptical. I mean, we've seen this in some of our own promotion of um, the Solar for All program. People are just primed to not believe something that, that sounds too good. Yeah, we can't use the word free. Yeah. Even though it is technically, we have to say no cost, no cost because there is money involved, right? It's not it's not technically free. Somebody's getting paid. Right. Uh, my company gets paid. We're not doing this because we are beautiful people and we're altruistic and we want we do you know we do want to improve the environment. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're still getting paid. We're just not asking for the homeowners to pay it. And that's the biggest, you know, that's the biggest piece, making them believe. And that's why other people that have already participated in organizations that have covered the cost for them, 
it's believable because they're like, oh, I've done this before. So it sounds like even from your experience, your personal experience, um, it's really important that there are training programs and incubators to get people into this new industry. Can you talk a little bit about what's available in your experience with that? Yes, that's probably one of my favorite pieces to Solar for All and um, the training piece, right? Because without the knowledge, without the skills, without the certifications, um, I'm MAPSET certified, which means I can go anywhere and install a solar system. Most employers in the solar industry look for that certification. And I was able to get that in about 10 weeks in the solar uh, program that I did at Chicago Urban League. We had great instructors. We took courses every day. They trained us as if we were on a construction site. And so for me, coming from a world of education, like I'm looking at the tool like a hammer and that's all that I can recognize. Like, right, like I was starting at zero and by the end of the training program, I was, I can brag right now and say I was one of the top uh, graduates. The program was very difficult. I graduated from Loyola University and the time that I spent in Chicago Urban League was way more challenging. We started off with about 50 participants. We graduated 10. We spent most of our time building uh, a small off-grid system and that itself was empowering. Like if there's any time where uh, the world shuts down. I know how to energize uh, my home and make sure that everything is still, you know, running smoothly. How important is the training element in getting people from, you know, point A to point B, maybe having very little knowledge of of working in solar to getting to the point where they are... Um, they have these kind of long-term sustainable jobs that you're talking about? During training, uh, as intense as it was, it's accessible to everyone, right? We were able to train people like me who had absolutely no knowledge of construction sites, uh, tools, math, uh, not that I don't know math, but I don't know how to break down an electrical system and decide like what the AC DC values are for um, solar voltaics and for electricity, right? Who knows how electricity works? At the end of that class or that training, I was able to put together a system from scratch and that is empowering in itself, but being able to do that in 10 weeks, not four years, is one of the things that's the most important thing because you can start at zero in 10 weeks, have a whole body of knowledge in your brain that most people don't have unless they are hands-on experienced in the field. You can get that from one of these training organizations like immediately and then go from minimum wage to making $100,000 a year. Uh, one of the foreman that I work with, uh, he did a training in 2018, started working at Sunrun, and now he makes more than $100,000 a year. I don't know of any college program that can do that. So for me, it's a no-brainer, right? 
if you put in the work, you are able to access the solar industry. And if you put your best foot forward, you can provide for yourself and your and for your family within years. Like it's a no-brainer. Do you have any sense of how many new jobs are being created in the solar industry or how many even kind of where it's going relative to where it is now, how much growth is possible? Yeah, I don't know the hard numbers. I know that my job in particular is a hybrid position that would not exist without an influx of solar energy and especially without solar for all because that's all I do is like documentation of our projects. And so what I see from my view, we went from one person selling solar for all to 25 within three years. So that alone shows you like a growth. Um, we're expanding to the Ameren market shortly. And so that's, we're gonna have to have boots on the ground there. So that's gonna be at least 20 more jobs. Don't hold me to that, I don't know specifically numbers, but I know that as long as Illinois contends, continues to fund the solar industry that they, the way that they are, they're incentivizing businesses and they are training individuals to be able to work in those businesses, then we will continue to grow. It sounds like your passion for the environment and for taking care of your community in a large sense precedes your work in the solar industry. Where did that come from? Okay, so I grew up in St. Louis as a latchkey kid. And over the summers, I spent my time with my grandmother in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, what I remember most uh, about my grandmother, uh, her name was Honey Elizabeth Mills. And uh, one of the biggest memories that I have of her are uh, drying clothes out outside in the backyard, right? And every day she's washing clothes, she's drying them out. She's washing clothes, she's drying them outside. And I remember running through the sheets, smelling the fresh air. And, and in St. Louis, my mom continued the tradition and I was embarrassed. I did not think it was cool. Now that I'm an adult and I know that she was conserving energy and saving money, it's like, Everybody in the community already does. It's a natural thing, right? And so the work that I do now directly is, it's building upon that, right? Saving money, saving energy. It's a part of our nature. As you got older, were there any other experiences that informed your thinking about these issues? In high school, I planted a tree for Earth Day that is now four stories tall. And so that was like a very um, important part of me growing up. The tree grew up with me, right? I planted it in 1990 and it was my height. And then by the time I graduated from high school, it was taller than me in my front yard. And Earth Day has always been very uh, important to me. Um, 
so has the environment. I've joined a ton of uh, organizations here in Chicago, Chicago Conservation Corps. When I was a teacher, I had um, the students pick up the trash and litter uh, around the neighborhood. And I also had like a garden club. So like making sure um, people got outside even if it's a dangerous neighborhood, like I wanted to make sure we were outside breathing fresh air, taking a stroll around the park um, and always like beautifying our neighborhood using, um, I've always been like a conservative, right? Uh, I got that from my mom and my grandmother, not just with drying the clothes outside, but reusing clothes, right? Going to the Goodwill and um, saving money that way and reusing things and recycling. That's always been like a natural part of me. So the work that I do is a part of my passion naturally. Like I do that for free. So getting paid to encourage people to put solar on their house, that's going to, you know, reduce carbon emissions and potentially, you know, save our planet. I'm a 90s kid, I was a latchkey kid. Captain Planet was one of my favorite cartoons. Like that was, uh, it was a rainbow coalition of people, right? It wasn't just, uh, it was for the planet. And I've always been a person that asked like what's in it for the black people? Like, what is it? Um, and so those two things just are naturally a part of me. We need to be able to be safe and we also need to be able to take care of our planet. And those two things are very important to me and they always have been. Well, and one is so intimately tied into the other in the, in the sense that like low income communities, black and brown communities, dispossessed communities are bearing the overwhelming brunt of dirty air and dirty water in this country. But you're right. Like they do, you know, South Shore specifically, I think that's where the, um, the pet, is it Pet Coke? Pet Coke, yeah. Yeah, Pet Coke was in that neighborhood. And, you know, a lot of my students have asthma. A lot of them, you know, definitely suffer from health disparities that are exclusively linked to having bad air quality. What would you say gives you the greatest sense of accomplishment in this work? One of my participants showed me her comment bill and it's zero dollars and it has been as soon as she had uh, turned her system on. That is like I was in tears. Um, that was one of the most satisfying pieces to the work that I do. Um, working directly with individuals that trust me enough to take on the risk because it still is right. We're putting holes in your roof. And if you own your home, that's one of the most important pieces to your life, right? And you don't want to just give that over to somebody and say, go, go ahead, put 25 holes in my roof, you know? And the next time it rains, I've got rain in my uh, bedroom. No, right? But if you take us, you trust us, and you go through this, the process and Obviously, the benefit is not just saving money, but it is improving the environment. So you've taken this tool, right, and empowered yourself with it, and now you get to reap the benefits. There, there is no better feeling in the world than having somebody be excited about not spending money. 
Anything else you'd like to say to listeners of the podcast? I want to say that I'm really proud of the state of Illinois for being a leader in this industry and uh, setting an example for the rest of the nation. Yeah, when you think of Illinois, you don't really think Sunshine State, right? We um, oftentimes are under gray clouds and especially in Chicago, like um, it's cloudy here more so than it's sunny. But because of the way solar works, we're actually one of the best places to have solar. And the fact that we have, you know, taken the initiative to have 100% clean energy by 2050, and we have the steps to get there, like we're not waiting until 2049, we're doing things now, and it's a step-by-step -step process. And we're taking the control from, you know, big boy utility and putting it back in the power of the people is really, you know, remarkable. Is there anywhere you'd like to direct listeners to the podcast to get more information? Yeah, definitely go to IllinoisSFA.com. You can find the most up-to-date training information and the breakdown of how you can um, get solar for your home. We have, uh, that's the program administrator's website. If you're interested in going solar with Sunrun, you can go to sunrun.com or you can email me directly at bijere.morrison at sunrun.com. Good, and we'll provide links on the website for all of that. Bijere, I want to thank you so much for your time today. I, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast and talking about the amazing work that you're doing and best of luck getting solar on, on as many roofs as possible. Thanks, Robert. I really enjoyed my time today. A huge thank you to Bijere for the work she does and talking with us today. Her care for people and the environment is making Illinois a better place, where there is equity in energy and solar for all. If you'd like to support this podcast and the work Prairie Rivers Network does to protect water, heal land, and inspire change, you can donate and become a member at prairierivers.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.